so much. All right, we're going to do a couple of quick introductions. Uh, if everyone could take a quick seat. President Trump's right around the corner, but maybe a couple more minutes. So I want to take just a second. I've already mentioned our extraordinary board. Linda McMahon, Larry Kudlow, Trish Duggan, Newt Gingrich, Kevin Hassett, Bob Unanwe, Tim Dunn, and Mark Pentecost. Please help me welcome our board, who has made this entire organization possible, all sitting right here. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. You know, when we decided to launch the America First Policy Institute 500 days ago, we made calls to a lot of great patriots, the chairman of our organization. And I'm going to run through that list because all of them are here tonight. They are all patriots who helped design the great American comeback a couple of years ago, but more importantly, are designing it now. Ambassador Bob Lighthizer, chair of American Trade. Governor Bobby Jindal, chair of Healthy America. Kelly Ann. Conway, Chairman for the American Child at AFPI, Chad Wolf, Chair of Homeland Security at AFPI, General Keith Kellogg, John Ratcliffe, Ken Blackwell, Steve Yates, David Bernhardt, the great coach Lou Holtz, Pastor Paula White, General Matt Whitaker, Dr. Alveda King, Governor Rick Perry, Attorney General Pam Bondi, Steve Moore, Governor Phil Bryant, Fred Flights, Secretary Robert Wilkie, and Ambassador Carla Sands. If all of our leadership, our amazing chairs could stand up, this is the heart of the effort at the America First Policy Institute. It is such an honor to work with all of you, and I thank you so much. Now it is my great honor and privilege to introduce to you my friend, my former boss, and really one of the strongest, no, let me repeat that, let me fix it, the strongest leader that I have ever known. The greatness of America from Florida to Texas and beyond would be impossible without the man who made it so. We did this organization because we knew that his vision and work must continue, that America needed everything about him that made everything great, his passionate patriotism, his empathy for the American worker, his belief in American strength and his commitment to American prosperity. Sometimes I'll have someone tell me that the America First Policy Institute is a continuation of the presidency of Donald J. Trump by other means, and I always answer, well, I certainly hope so, but though we can succeed him in that work, we can never replace him, and nor would we want to, and neither, we're betting, would America. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the stage the man who has brought more prosperity to more people than any president in our lifetime, the man who made America great again, President Donald J. Trump.
Thank you very much. Thank you, Brooke. And what a job she does. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we appreciate you being at this incredible evening, Mar-a-Lago. And uh, we love uh, you and we love this place. It's done so much good. Uh, raised so much money for so many different things and especially charity. And we're honored to have you all here. Brooke, for the incredible introduction. When you say I'm the best leader you've ever met, ever seen, that's a pretty good statement because you've seen a lot of them. That's a beauty. But thank you very much to Brooke and the incredible speaking of leadership of uh, America First Policy Institute because the job you've done is just incredible in such a short period of time, too. Let me also recognize so many wonderful friends and distinguished guests with us this evening, including Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith. Hi, Cindy, wherever you may be. A lot of people here. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. North Carolina Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor, a real star, a real star, a great guy, friend of mine, Mark Robinson. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Carrie Lake, who just went through an incredible election. There were a lot of broken voting machines. You heard that, lots of them. They happened to be in largely Republican areas, and uh, what happened there is a disgrace. But I want to just tell you, you did some job, Gary, and I know it's not over yet. A friend of mine and a great gentleman, Ronnie Jackson, Congressman Ronnie Jackson. Jason Smith, Buddy Carter, Claudia Tenney, a very quiet person that we like very much, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Another tough couple of guys, Scott Perry and Dan Muser. Thank you, fellas. That's great. Somebody who just ran an incredible race and another friend. They're all friends. They're warriors. Mary Miller. Louis Gomert. Louis, thank you. Diana Harshbarger. Thank you, Diana. Beth Van Dyne, congratulations, Beth. A strong man, a warrior, Clay Higgins. Clay, thank you very much. Great job, Clay. Barry Moore, first person to endorse Trump a long time ago. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. Alex Mooney, who just ran a great race. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. JT Thompson. Thanks, JT. Good job. Michelle Fishbach. Thank you, Michelle. John Carter. Thanks, John. Russ Fulcher. Thank you. Thank you. Jack Bergman. Kat Kamek, Florida. Guy Wessenschaller. We have everybody here tonight. We have... Thank you, Guy, very much. Thanks. Representative-elect, a man who is going to be a future star, I predict. Wesley Hunt. And another one. Chuck Edwards. Great job. Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose. Thank you, Frank. 
Alabama Secretary of State, where we won by so much. He said, how can you possibly win Alabama by that much and South Carolina by records, both records, and then you lose Georgia? How does that happen? They're still wondering about that. Records, records, and a loss by just a little bit. Secretary of State John Merrill, that's a good question. Thank you, John. And I want to also thank my friend Linda McMahon and Speaker Newt Gingrich and Larry Kudlow's getting very good ratings, Larry. I watch a lot and you get very, very good ratings. That's very impressive. We're going to have to start calling you the ratings machine, right? John Ratcliffe. Where is John? I love John. Where the heck is John? There's that guy that's a warrior. And countless former officials. We have tremendous people, uh, ambassadors, all in the Trump administration. We have a tremendous group of people, and I attribute it so much to what this whole America First Movement stands for and represents, and the job that Brooke and everybody does. It's a tremendous, it's a tremendous, tremendous honor to be with you. Before we begin, I want to address the appalling announcement today by the egregiously corrupt Biden administration and their weaponized Department of Justice. Would you like me to talk about that? Larry, would you like me to talk about that? This horrendous abuse of power is the latest in a long series of witch hunts. It started a long time ago. I thought the investigation with the document hoax was dying or dead or over. And the investigation into January 6th in my very peaceful and patriotic speech, remember? Peaceful and patriotically was dead, especially after the record-setting 40-point loss of Liz Cheney in the great state of Wyoming. I thought it was dead. I thought that put the final nail in the coffin, only to find out that the corrupt and highly political Justice Department just appointed a super-radical left special counsel, better referred to as a special prosecutor, to start the process all over again. We thought it was just about dead. As you know, uh, just about the top person, one of the top people in the Justice Department, Lisa Monaco, a major Trump hater, major, I mean, beyond belief, is in charge of the case, and she's totally controlled by Andrew Weissman. Do you ever hear the name Andrew Weissman? I think you did. In this room, you did. Bad person, bad guy, but he's an even bigger Trump hater. Sounds like a fair deal so far. Do you agree? Who works tirelessly, as he did on the Mueller scam, which ended up, as you know, no collusion to do bad things to the greatest movement. They want to do bad things to the greatest movement in the history of our country, but in particular, bad things to me. But I've gotten used to it. It's lucky. It's lucky. A lot of people wouldn't get used to it so easily. This is a rigged deal, just as the 2020 election was rigged, and we can't let them get away with it. We can't do it. We cannot let this happen to our country. I've been going through these investigations and hoaxes and scams from the day I came down the escalator at Trump Tower. And you'd really say, enough is enough. Got to get back to work. Got to prove that we have a great country again, because right now it's not great. Right now it's a laughing stock all over the world. And we sort of all had it. The people of the country have had it. Joe Biden is a corrupt and incompetent political hack. And you take a look at all of the money that he's taken from foreign countries and others, much of it through his son, Hunter who is a corrupt drug addict and implementer for his father. Where's the special prosecutor, by the way? Where's the special pro They said when I announced I had to do this. Well, he announced, too. He said he wants to run. Where's their special prosecutor? And we are innocent. They are not innocent by any 
stretch of the imagination. They have the proof right out there for all to see. They left the exact blueprint of much of the criminal activity is done on his laptop from hell, they call it. The laptop from hell, which was gotten inadvertently, but luckily for America, when he incredibly left it at the repair shop to be fixed. That was not a good day. That was not a good leave. I wonder if the father was upset about it. He may not have understood the meaning. Did he understand that that was not good? Because he said he's the smartest person I've ever known. Right? He's Hunter's the smartest person I've ever known. A lot of people shook their heads at that one. Does everybody remember the billion dollars of USA funds paid to Ukraine under the condition that they get rid of the prosecutor? That prosecutor's got to be fired. Remember that? Nothing gets done. Why isn't there a special counsel being set up for them? Tremendous corruption. They're corrupt people. They're criminals. I've done nothing wrong. They participated in massive criminal activity with many other nations. And one day after House of, you know, what's, what's happening, you, you take a look of, at, at what just went on with this election, which is so important because the House Republicans announced they were going to investigate the Bidens and the Justice Department announces right after that that they're going to investigate Trump. And uh, it's not a fair situation what's going on. And I guarantee you they get a fair investigation this will not be a fair investigation. But again, I thought this was all done or very close to being done. These people are corrupt, and yet they go after innocent people under the guise of legitimacy. Over the years, I've given millions and millions of pages of documents, tax returns, and everything else. And they have found nothing, which means I've proven to be one of the most honest and innocent people ever in our country. Larry knows that. They got everything. Millions, think of it. Like I hear 11 million pages. I built a great company. Now they see how great it is. Now that they're looking at it. I built a great, great company. But think of it, millions of pages. They got nothing. So I've sort of had it on January 6th. I've already tried. And, and you take a look with the fake impeachment hoax. And I won. I was tried on the fake impeachment hoax on January 6th. And they tried it in the Senate. They went through the whole process. And we won. We went through the whole process. So wouldn't this sort of be a... Uh... And then you take a look at the other. We went through two of them. And isn't this sort of like double jeopardy? In the old days, they used to call it double jeopardy. But essentially, uh, we've done so well. And we did well in a very hostile con we had great Republican support. I have to tell you that it was great because they saw something was really unfair. We were being unfairly treated. I made a perfect phone call. In fact, many of the people in this room called. They said, that call is perfect. And some of the people in the room would not have actually gone with us. But that was an absolutely perfect phone call. I got impeached for a perfect phone call. Could you imagine if the call was actually a bad call? Could you imagine that? And on the document hoax, this is a total hoax that's going on. The Presidential Records Act and the Clinton Sox case. You know what that is, right? That's a case that's so powerful in our favor. Make everything that I've done totally legal and proper. It's totally legal and proper. This is just a witch hunt for no reason. Well, for political reasons, let's say. And they know that. It shouldn't even be a case. But if it is, why aren't they investigating all of the other presidents that preceded me, including Bill Clinton, 
both Bushes, Obama, and of course, Hillary Clinton, where she illegally deleted 33,000 emails after getting a top-level subpoena from the U.S. Congress. So she's allowed to get a subpoena and delete 33,000 after the subpoena, not before, after. Why aren't they going after all of those presidents that kept documents where, in a couple of cases, in one case, they had it in a Chinese restaurant with broken windows. In another case, they had a Chinese restaurant connected to a bowling alley. This is where the documents were kept. They took documents with them. President Obama took documents. It is such a unfair situation that's happening in this country to Republicans and to conservatives. And you people have to fight. You have to fight to be strong. If they're going to investigate me, they have to investigate all of these other presidents, and they have to start it right now. Uh, they have to invade. This is Mar-a-Lago. They have to invade Hillary and Bill Clinton's beautiful home in Westchester. They have to invade the Bushes' home. They have to invade a lot of homes. But they didn't do that. And they took documents. They took a lot of things. And that's what we have the Presidential Records Act for. We're living in a very corrupt country right now. We've never had anything like it. Our elections are rigged, tainted, and bad and take forever to get results longer than any other country on the planet. We have elections still out there, and they won't be in for weeks. Third world countries have their elections in that same day or maybe the next day. We have weeks and weeks and weeks for far fewer. Look at France, all paper ballots, voter ID, same day voting. They had 36 million votes all done by 10.30 in the evening, and no complaints. Nobody said, gee whiz, this was not a proper election. We're a third world country in our elections, and our borders are wide open with unknown people, many of them, many, many millions, millions and millions, criminals, terrorists pouring into our country, millions. And don't believe when you hear two million or three million, I believe it's 10 million people. I believe it's 10 million. It, our country is changing before our very eyes. We have no idea who these people are and where they came from, and they're terrorists. And they're criminals, and they're murderers, they're rapists, and they're pouring into our country totally unimpeded. We have massive inflation, rampant crime. You can't even walk down the streets in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, and every other Democrat-run city without getting mugged, shot, or killed. In Chicago, recently, they had 82 people shot, 82 over a weekend. But they said it was a long weekend. Oh, okay, that's better. It was a long weekend. It was a long weekend. In Afghanistan, when I was in charge, we didn't have one killing. Think of it. In 18 months, not one of our soldiers were killed. And then you look at Chicago, you look at other things. And we should have never left the way we left. I'm the one that started the leaving. I'm the one that got them down to the right number. But you leave the military, take out the military last. We left people. We left American citizens. We left dead soldiers. And we left $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world. It's uh, unthinkable what we did. And by the way, one of the largest sellers of military equipment right now in the world, I think number two or three right after us, is Afghanistan, the Taliban. They're one of the largest sellers of military. They're selling up because they don't need 700,000 rifles. They don't need 77,000 trucks that we left behind. Many of them brand new, never even used. 
We have drugged out crazy people walking around. Our economy is crashing, and we're teetering on the brink of World War III, and the word nuclear is used in a very light fashion. It was never used before. You never heard the word used during the Trump administration, and it should never be used because of the power. It should never be used. Nobody should be allowed to use that word. And yet all the corrupt Marxists in the Biden administration can think about it. It's all they can think about. That's all they have in their mind is, come after Trump. We got to get Trump. They say they want to run against me, but they're spending fortunes. Let's take him out. If they really wanted to run against me, they'd say, let's leave him in. Let's leave him in. Because they are the party of misinformation. They give massive misinformation. They say one thing, but they mean another. And you have to understand them. They're sick people in so many ways. But we've done nothing wrong, and they've committed massive crimes. We're not going to let these atrocious abuses continue. We can't. As a party, we can't. And as a nation, we can't. We're going to stand up to these tyrants, and we're going to take away their power, and we're going to restore government for the people. That's what we have to do. As I said earlier this week, America's comeback starts right now. How are we the underdog again? Explain that to me. I'm looking at this on my screen. It says the road to majority. We are the majority. So why are we going to road to majority? That doesn't make sense. It's almost as if they're telling you you're the minority and that we're going to be the majority. It makes me question why they're trying to tell people that they're not the majority. Are we the underdog again? Explain that to me. That you are the underdog. They are. We are already the majority. Now and we're getting bigger now, too. that I have on my screen with a sea of people. How are you the underdog? This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. This is where they die. And the shield boys Remember this people. It will be yours for all time. Persia! Come and get them! 
picture that I have on my screen with a sea of people. How are you the underdog? No man thinks more highly than I do of patriotism, as well as abilities of the very worthy people who have addressed their local Senate and House and their representatives. But different people often see the same subject in different lights, and therefore, I hope it will not be thought disrespectful to those gentlemen, if entertaining as I do opinions of character very opposite to theirs, I shall speak forth my sentiments freely and without reserve. This is no time for ceremony. The question here is at this one awful moment to this country. For my own part, I consider it as nothing less than a question of freedom or slavery. And in proportion to the magnitude of the subject ought to be the freedom of debate. It is only in this way that we can hope to arrive at truth and fulfill the great responsibility which we hold to God and our country. Should I keep back my opinion at such a time through fear of giving offense? I should consider myself guilty of treason towards my country and an act of disloyalty towards the majesty of heaven, which I revere above all earthly kings. My fellow Americans, it is natural for a person to indulge in the illusions of hope. We are apt to shut our eyes against a painful truth and listen to the song of that siren until she transforms us into beasts. Is this the part of wise men engaged in a great and arduous struggle for liberty? Are we disposed to be of the number of those who having eyes see not and having ears hear not the things which so nearly concern their temporal salvation? For my part, whatever anguish of spirit it may cost, I'm willing to know the whole truth, to know the worst and provide for it. I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is a lamp of experience. I know no way of judging of the future, but by the past. And by judging by the past, I wish to know what there has been in the conduct of those in the Senate, those in the House, the UN and globalist ambassadors for the last 10 years to justify those hopes which so many people have been pleased to solace themselves through the media. Is it that insidious smile where they receive your petition? Don't trust it. It will prove to be a snare to your feet. Suffer not yourselves to be betrayed with a kiss. Ask yourself how this gracious reception of your petitions and grievances comport with those warlike preparations which cover our waters and darken our land. Are the fleets and armies of the UN necessary to execute a work of love and reconciliation? Have we shown ourselves so unwilling to be reconciled that force must be called in to win back 
our love and our devotion, let us not deceive ourselves. These are the implements of war and subjugation. The last arguments to which kings resort. So I ask you, what this martial array that they are bringing upon, if the purpose is not to force us into submission, then what is it? Can anyone assign another possible motive? Has the UN any enemy in this quarter of the world to call for all this accumulation of their navies, their people, their armies? No, they do not. They're meant for us. They can be meant for no other. They are sent over to bind and rivet upon us those chains which the UN, the globalists, and the corporations have been doing for so long they've been forging them. And what do we have to oppose them? Shall we try to argue with them? Because we've been trying to do that for decades. Do we have anything new to offer on the subject? Absolutely nothing. We have held the subject off in every light of which it is capable, but it has been all in vain. Shall we resort to entreaty and humble supplication? What terms shall we find which have not been already exhausted? Do not deceive yourself. We have done everything that could be done to avoid and avert the storm which is now coming on. We have petitioned, we have remonstrated, we have supplicated, we have prostrated ourselves before their thrones and have implored its interposition to arrest the tyrannical hands of those that lie in seats of power within our nation. Our petitions and grievances have been slighted. Our remonstrances have produced additional violence and insult. Our supplications have been disregarded and we have been spurned with contempt from the foot of their throne. Oh, Pelosi. In vain, after these things, we may indulge the fond hope of peace and reconciliation. There is no longer any room for hope. If we wish to be free, if we mean to preserve and violate those intestinable privileges for which we have been so long contending, if we mean not basely to abandon the noble struggle in which we've been so long engaged and which we have pledged ourselves never to abandon until the glorious object of our content shall be attained, we must fight. I repeat, we must fight. An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left to us. They tell us we are weak, unable to cope with such a formidable adversary. But then I ask, when will we be stronger? Will it be next week, next year? Will it be when we're totally disarmed and the UN guard is stationed in every house? Should we gather strength by resolution and inaction? Shall we acquire the means of effectual resistance by lying supinely on our backs and hugging the delusive phantom of hope until our enemies shall have bound us hand and foot? 
We are not weak if we make proper use of those means which God of nature hath placed in our power. The millions of people armed in the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle is not too strong alone. It's to the vigilant, the active, the brave. And besides, we don't even have an election. If we were base enough to desire it, it is now too late to retire from the contest. There's no retreat but in submission and slavery. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable and let it come. I repeat, let it come. It is in vain to extenuate the matter. People may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war has actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand here idly? What is it that you wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. nation across this planet has been tested on for various things. They could be medical, they could be technical, they could be societal, they could be psychological. Everyone is basically a subject. And now while everyone's freaking out about this agreement with the WHO, I urge you to remember that the WHO dictated all our policies already. That the WHO was giving directions to the whole world already. How? Through the CDC, who are unelected officials that have no say in anything, that are simply employees that we pay. Therefore, that's already happened. They're just sealing the deal. They're sealing the deal for something that already happened so that it can be public. It's all a damn show. And right now, what you are seeing is what I said back in 2015. This is a civilized revolution. Evil, when shown to all, when you're at the wire, when your face is eating dirt, when you realize that your hands are tied to your feet, that you were hogtied, that every single chip is stacked against you, and yet you stand. You can't help but thank the architect for giving you that chance. People should have more faith in humanity People should have more faith in people 
because unfortunately we're in a revolution and the problem is not the enemy which are those that seek to control the people but the actual people themselves that are experts and telling you who's wrong and who's right while they're inertly sitting by letting everything happen opining from whatever throne they wish to sit world needs to have faith in humanity even though we don't want to because <laughs> it's not something that we can see we can't see it again I've seen it uh, I've seen a future in another line another timeline that if 9-11 didn't happen this that is coming up would have happened earlier with an outbreak of a civil war in 2005 with a lot of blood on everyone's hands this one is a civilized revolution is cause this revolution. Aristotle, fantastic philosopher, actually defined the term tyranny. And tyranny comes to existence by power of force. And all the consequences of tyranny are detrimental. Tyrants use their power to suppress the people and evoke fear among people. The reason they are doing this to President Trump is so none of you get the idea that you can run for president. Uh, you can be a president if you want to. No, not unless you're casted for the role and you're part of our group. It's a, it's a, it's a tight click and you're not in it. When there's no check and balance that is present in society, oppression arises. And this affects the country. Injustice is social evil. We are being deprived of our legal rights, our innate rights to vote. We have the right to vote, but that hasn't happened since the year 2000, and you can take that to bank. And in these conditions, every single person is miserable, miserable. We have seen racial tyranny, gender tyranny, sex tyranny, class tyranny, religious tyranny. The Constitution it's supposed to play a significant role in protecting the people. It's supposed to offer checks and balances. It's supposed to offer federalism and the separation of powers. Our constitution has been diluted and has been uh, demonstrated in such a way, pissed all over. They burn that down in the name of tyranny. And when tyranny becomes law, well, rebellion actually becomes a duty. They, even, they haven't even seen the revolution yet. We've just come to the peak of it. It's, like I said in 2015, a civilized revolution. It's the people against the oligarchs. The people that are sitting there telling you what. Now, most of you think that the Republicans, because unfortunately for me, if I was advising the president directly, I would have said, get rid of the GOP. Starve them. Tell the people that they are a uniparty, which you have already done. Remove every single ounce of power they have and drop this nation into pure and utter controlled chaos where the politicians will say, no, no, we can't. We can't survive. The GOP would have zero money. The 
Democrats would have zero money. We have Democrats that are begging to have President Trump back because they felt safer. Their gas wasn't expensive. And they felt like all of this is happening to make sure he's not on the ballot. I guess maybe that's the guy we want. This is exactly what President Trump should have done a few months ago. He should have endorsed people independent from the GOP. Uh, it'll happen. Uh, better late than never. But the thing is, right now we have a monstrous machine of polarity. Democrat, Republican. You don't vote for any parties. You vote for the people that can fix it. See, this is good advice. Advice is they want chaos. Give them chaos. Give them actual chaos that is in the hands of the people, not the hands of their own. Huh. Imagine if President Trump a few months ago came out and said, well, don't give a dime to the GOP. Don't give a dime to the DNC. You support these candidates that I will endorse or not. You pick your candidates. We need real Americans here. And those parties are not going to support them. So get out there, guys, and support the people that are for the people. See, if you had actual good advisors, that would have been said. No party. The people that you elect are supposed to represent you. The world needs to have faith in humanity even though we don't want to because <laughs> it's not something that we can see okay um, we can't see it again I've seen it uh, I've seen a future in another line another timeline that if 9-11 didn't happen this that is coming up would have happened earlier with an outbreak of a civil war in 2005 with a lot of blood on everyone's hands. This one is a civilized revolution. And I know God has got this and he's stepping in when he has to because people need to see it. Just like President Trump. Well, he released everything to him years ago stood in the gap to make sure to cover for everyone like he said they're not after him they're after you and he's breaking it all down they will indict President Trump and he will not be convicted but they will indict him in order to fill the news with that discussion rather than the things that are happening on the other end they are going to indict President Trump and I told you why already Will they get a conviction? No. I'm literally on the defense team. Literally. We have been building a defense for forever. And even with my my friends, friendships are forged through fire too. When you know that you've come out on the other end of that fire, not burnt, you realize just how strong you are. And it's very important to understand that. And this is because if you keep God as a constant, nothing can stop what's coming. This is a civilized revolution.
describes the moment when the children of Israel had just escaped the Red Sea and the Egyptian army. And as soon as that happened, they went up to the boundaries of the promised land. And when they got there, Moses sent out 12 spies. And those 12 spies went out and all of them came back with the same report. And that report was the land is good. It is beautiful and it flows with milk and honey. Ten of the spies, however, said that there were giants in the land. And we were as grasshoppers in our own sight before them. We can't take it. But two of the spies were brave and courageous. Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb specifically, it says, says he stilled the people before Moses and said, We must go up at once and possess it, for we are more than able. That didn't happen. The children of Israel believed the 10 spies in fear and wandered through the wilderness for 40 years instead of taking the land immediately. So when you look at that story, that account more accurately, that applies to us today. See, the thing is, the word of God was not just for one time, one season, one people. It was, it rolls through history. Now, I believe that in this day and time, we have a Moses uh, type and shadow character in Donald Trump. And we, Anons, Patriots, Believers, that are in this, we are the spies. Are we going to be the spies like Caleb and Joshua or like the ten that live in fear? But more importantly, one of the things that I think is lost in that story is that Caleb and Joshua's job was not to convince the masses. Caleb and Joshua's job was to convince the other spies. See, if all 12 spies had come in united and said, we are more than able, the people would have just gone with it. They would have taken the land and they wouldn't have had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. We must continue to wake up our other Anons. There are so many people that have been in this for a while and they watch a speech from Donald Trump and they lose their mind and, and lose their faith and lose their hope. Faith must be unshakable in this time. And Theos put out something the other day. It was talking about that these are the times that try men's souls. Are you a Caleb and a Joshua? Or are you one of the the spies that lives in fear. Be a Caleb and a Joshua, but more importantly, be a Caleb and a Joshua for everyone around you, for the other spies. That is our job. If we stand united, we will take the land. We need our president to know that he is not alone. He has Caleb's and Joshua's all around him, and we are more than able and we must go up at once and possess the land. God bless and Godspeed. Well, that was a monologue by Thomas Reed. Uh, and that was on True Social. And I couldn't share it, of course. It was just not working for me. Um, he goes, his handle is at QAnon454. I think that's a really important lesson. A really important lesson for all of us, you know, that do study the Bible and scriptures to remember that story. 
Uh, 12 spies were sent out. 10 of them said, oh man, there's giants. Maybe we shouldn't go. Maybe we should just sit here. The other two were like, oh, it's okay. We'll get it done. And that, I believe, is one of the most important stories that people should read. Uh, now, just to end this, as I said, they're going to start canceling and cutting the president off, as we saw today. Uh, we need to ensure that he has his own media there because he was cut from everywhere. Like I said, they're going to silence him. Now, this is going to sound like much, I guess, I guess, I guess. They cut the feed. People need to understand that we're at war right now. We are at war. This isn't a game. This is war. They are going to try everything to silence him. Like I said, proof of concept. Proof of concept. We have to remember there's tons of people out there, whistleblowers, researchers, and good people in positions. We are many, they are few, but there's no time like now to make sure you drop a note to the president and let him know that you are there with him. You know the truth. And if you haven't, make sure this Thanksgiving you guys sit down and watch Enjoy the Show with your family. It's PG-13. I guess it's PG, right? Yeah. No cussing, right? <laughs> no uh, nudity. It's time to show the world what we know. That's the only way as a nation that we can achieve our goals and ascend to where we need to be at the time we need to be. It's pretty simple. As I said, proof of concept. I told you that they will be cutting him off. They will be silencing him. Proof of concept. Do not fret. As the snakes circle him to report back to their overlords, good people are around him. And more than anything, trust your gut, trust yourself. You already know what's up. You don't need someone to tell you. On that note, guys, I want to wish you a fantastic evening and have a great weekend.